We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 44 months into two weeks to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Emerson, alongside uh, the fan favorite. You know him, you love him. Somewhere between iconic and psychotic, Marty Foster. Marty, how are you? Uh, damp. Damn. It's chucked it down all day. Horrible rain. I'm sure the bastards have been seeding the clouds directly over my house. I, I, I take this as a, pers as a personal affront. It should be cold and crisp, not lukewarm and damp. How are you? I'm extremely tired. Uh, I I didn't get very much sleep last night. I'm going on about uh, four, roughly four hours, somewhere along in there, and I could not get any sleep today because uh, I I was I was finishing up last night and I lost track of time. You know how that happens when you're you're just focused on something. And no, I was, I've got a wife who tells me where I'm supposed to be, so I, oh, I, I, I never see. lose okay. track of time. Okay. No. Well, anyway, I, well I lost yeah. track of time. And as I lost track of time, I looked down and I'm like, oh, damn, it's two o'clock in the morning almost. Uh, I need to go to bed. And about 730, there were a couple of lovely young chaps banging on my door and they promptly came in the house and ripped out the window in my office. And yeah, so and uh. it is still quite a uh, quite a mess. Uh, but hey, I've got a new window. That's great, isn't it? That's always nice. Uh, a new a new perspective on the world. Yeah. Um, does it look any better outside than it did before? No, because the weather over here was exactly the same as what it is there. And I wholeheartedly blame you for it, for sending that it's over. It's my fault. So, OK. Yes. Well, I tell you what we could do. Since we are separated by the French in between the two places that we're currently residing, we can blame them, can't we? Yeah, always blame the French. I have been for years. Yeah, yeah, good plan. Let's let's yeah. do that. We'll just split the difference, you know. Just we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll just yeah. go we'll right down the, the middle with it. Yeah, we'll keep the Cordial cordial going uh, and and blame the French. Yeah. Before we get started today, I would like to remind all of our listeners that we did take a big risk when we started all of this. We are not backed by fake corporate dollars to push fake agendas to make everyone hate each other. So if you're interested in supporting the work that we do, we do offer additional features with our now active subscription service. Benefits include access to our instant messaging service for direct communication to us, along with early access to upcoming and sometimes unpublished podcasts, as well as exclusive access to our behind the scenes uncensored prep sessions where we talk about things that sometimes don't make it to the final product, which you're hearing now. So if you want to take part in this fight with us, if you want to support a team that's willing to do the real research and not give you fake nonsense, for talking points. If you want to say screw you to the mainstream media like CNN, Fox News, BBC, Sky News, and MSNBC, then the link is in the program description down below where you can come on board with us and take advantage of these benefits that we're offering to you. And by doing so, you will support our work 
and you will support the research that goes along with that work. And together we can take the fight to the doorsteps of these frauds that are on the television, in the newspapers, and the talking heads on the international stage. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, together we can take action as subscriptions start at just $5 per month. Now, are you still unsure of what you're getting? We now offer a 30-day free trial, which includes unlimited access to all features and content. Again, the link is in the program description down below. Marty, I have a, a list of things that involve uh, just about everything UK, and we can talk about some of the US stuff too. I'm sure we'll throw some things in there. Uh, we can get into some of the uh, the Middle East uh, conflict. I'm happy to do that. You also say that you've got some things that you've been kind of scribbling down on and off throughout the day. It is a, a, a slow news cycle at the moment. Bruce and I were kind of looking at some things yesterday. We we um, we did find out some more information about the uh, the bag of cocaine that was found in the West Wing, uh, the White House. Uh, we did find some information on that. I don't know if you caught that today or not, um, um, but we can I, t- we I can discuss did that. Not, if you uh, like. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Um, basically, in a nutshell, they sent a uh, there was a group that sent a uh, Freedom of Information Act request to the Secret Service because the Secret Service initially said, um, yeah, we don't have the evidence and it's quite possible that we just won't know anything about where it came from. That turned out to be not true. They still have it in evidence. And not only do they have that in their evidence locker, they also had to release the three separate samples of DNA that they got from the bag <laughs> itself. <laughs> and they say that they just, they still don't know who did it. <laughs> they don't know who it belongs okay. to. Uh, Does so, that mean that Hunter isn't really Biden's son? Uh, maybe, I, I'm not sure. Have they done but... a DNA test and they've, they've gone on to one of those daytime yeah, television... Yeah. Yeah, they, they've not and, they've not done one DNA test. To be clear, the FOIA showed they did three, and they still have all three samples. Oh yeah, but this, the the sample from from the bag is is only any good if you've got a corresponding sample from the suspect. So have they done that? Um, I I would imagine not. Yes, I, I would imagine not too. And to, to be quite honest, if you look at Hunter, um, I suppose there is a familial resemblance, but. Uh, if you look at his behaviour, it's not like yeah, yeah. The the whole nose rubbing, slicking his hair back, tweaking like crazy thing. It might, but if you look at you know what he likes, his dad likes ice cream and stroking kids' hair. Hunter likes hookers and lots of cocaine. They haven't really got that much in common. So allegedly. Allegedly. But again, Marty, like the Secret Service have said, it's entirely possible that they just will never find out who it belongs to. Yeah, there is they can't that. be asked. <laughs> no. If, no, they, if they did that. find out, then several of them, while this current administration's in position, would lose their jobs, their pensions and their health care. So <laughs> they're not going to find out, are they? No, no, no. I was uh, I was telling I was actually saying it yesterday on the uh, uh, on, on podcast. I said, reverse this situation put put this in a donald trump administration right and put donald trump's son in there as opposed to where hunter is in that position you would never hear the end of this oh of course you wouldn't of course you wouldn't it's like i said earlier on um in between typing five or six letters every couple of minutes i've been looking at the odd video here and there and there's this guy going around somewhere in america asking what must be profiled people If they had to vote right now, would it be Trump or Biden? And they invariably have said, oh, it has to be Biden. And then he pretends that all of Biden's absolute screw ups are the things that he likes about him. Uh, And then he tries to get the other person to list their 
top five things that they like about Biden. And they all immediately uh, go, oh, I need to be somewhere else. I I shouldn't be talking to you and run the f*** away. Indeed. All right. Well, anyway, that's the U.S. stuff that's kind of, you know, like I said, boring. Uh, Xi Jinping is in California. Do you have any uh, do you have any considered and informed opinions on that? I hope someone puts fentanyl in his tea. Well, there's plenty of it out there. And so by ne- the way, next week, you know, they, they seized, stay safe. Yeah, go on. They seized uh, 300, I want to say 300 pounds or no, I'm sorry, three million dollars worth of fentanyl on the border. 36 hours ago, I was reading a, I was reading something, a report from um, uh, the Border Patrol. Uh, 36 hours ago, they seized it, and they found that it actually came from China, while Xi is literally in California. Yeah, well, I think it'd be amusing, because you hear these stories about people who were just nipping out of their office to go around the corner to a store to buy a sandwich for lunch, trying something... Uh, on the way and then never going back to their life, just staying on the streets. And wouldn't it be funny if Xi Jinping got his drink spiked and and then just remained in California uh, uh, doing tricks on the street for more drugs? Uh, that's what he deserves, actually. I think that's, that, that would be a fitting end for the man. Indeed. Uh, I did run across this photo yesterday. You might find this interesting. This is from 1985. And clearly this is uh, obviously that's the Golden Gate Bridge, as you can see. I know I've been Um, under that. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, this is not too uh, far off from when you were last there. I think you said you were there in 1986. So this would have been taken. Yeah, this would have been taken right around the same time. Do you know who that is? That looks like Xi Jinping to me. That is Xi Jinping in 1985 in San Francisco. Ah, Maybe it was him who persuaded our commanding officer to um, refuse the use of tugs, which meant that we hit the jetty rather harder than we intended to when we came alongside. And we had to spend an extra three days in San Francisco um, while they fixed the gaping hole inside of our ship. Mm. Um, he does yeah, look I, like a, looks like a student there, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm sure he was at UCLA or somewhere like that, was he? Yeah. Or- oh, I and his daughter, I'm I'm pretty sure his daughter uh, goes to uh, an American university. I don't know which one. It might be a California one, but she does definitely go to an American university. When ships go to uh, friendly countries like America, they do this thing called dial a sailor. And it goes out on local radio and um, families and people who want to look after a, a British Matlow for a couple of days or a day register and then... Off we go and visit people, have nice conversations, get taken places, shown round. But in San Francisco in 1986, it was definitely the gay capital of the United States. And several of our young men had horror stories to tell about almost being kidnapped by their their dialer sailor um, friend. Um, But I have... (laughs) There was this one guy... This, we have, we, you know the the uh, the expression "I'm skint." No, I can't. Yeah? Say I do. But... You, you never skint means yeah. without money. Yeah. Okay. Right. And in in the navy, many things are, are prefixed with the word "Harry." I don't know why, but for instance, you'd call it duct tape. We call it HBM, Harry Black Maskers. I thought you guys called it right? gaffer tape. Gaffer tape in the film industry, yes. Um, it's definitely called gaffer tape. It's used to put, you know, uh, keep uh, electrical cables down so people yeah, don't sure. trip over them on stage yeah. and that, that kind of thing. But we call it um, 
HBM, Harry Black Maskers. Anyway, I digress. I'll make this as quick as I can. This guy went ashore, got his dial a sailor friend who turned out to be this guy um, who was definitely a friend of Dorothy. And the guy took him out uh, and the, the, the Matlow realised what the situation was. So he took advantage of it and he borrowed a very large sum of money from this individual. And um, we were leaving San Francisco when this car screeched up next to the ship as the gangway is being lifted off by the crane. And he's saying, hey, one of your guys owes me some money. And the quartermaster shouted down, what's his name? He says, Harry. Uh, Harry who? Harry Skinters, which means... (laughs) When he was asked who he was, he says, I'm Harry Skinters. The Harry Skinters. Lend us some yeah. money. Yeah. But anyway, that, that's got nothing to do. That was 1986 and and, and uh, just an amusing story. I'm sorry. Thanks for indulging me. Yes, of course. All right. What do you have, apart from all of that, what do you have on your uh, your, your scribble pad there? What have you been jotting down all afternoon well, that you would like to talk about? And I'm sure that corresponds with some of the things that, that I it, have here. No, it, it definitely does. Um We're hearing a lot in the news at the moment with the new unelected appointing of our foreign secretary, David Cameron, Lord Cameron. Cameron. He has made it back. I cannot believe it. As if they just put him in a drawer for about 10 years and then they brought him back. Well, people or parties should be elected on their policies. Now, he managed to keep um, the Tory party in the game because he was using the, yeah, there he is behind the World Economic Forum's uh, logo. He was using the fact that people were really fed up of being part of the EU. And so he gave the people what they wanted, fully expecting that the referendum, which is what he gave them, would come back with a remain answer. It didn't. Funny old thing, it really didn't. And the moment that it came back as we want to get, you know, out of here, you couldn't see him for dust. He immediately left office, resigned, left politics. I don't know what he's been doing, but I imagine he's got got quite a sizable portfolio of shares and stocks and other interests. But now he he's back been, for some he reason. He has been rather quiet. He's been more quiet than Tony Blair, and we're going to talk about him here in a second. But yeah. yeah. But but what we what we've got is an unelected prime minister. Bearing in mind that Boris Johnson retained power for the Conservative Party with "Let's get Brexit done," which was his motto, because the Lib Dims were still "We're going to revoke Article or fifty or whatever it was uh, and put us back into the European Union." And then Labour's line was, we'll have another referendum, which, of course, all of the people that had voted leave were like, no, actually, now, um, because they've made such a pig's ear out of it, it wouldn't go our way. So they kept voting Tory and they kept Boris Johnson, got him to where he wanted to be as an elected prime minister. So he was at least elected on a policy. The fact that they didn't get it done, followed by the absolutely appalling way in which they, I'm going to say dealt, but what I actually mean is orchestrated chaos, the pandemic, you know, the, the, the wasting of money, the unnecessary restrictions, 
the adherence to unfounded and untested science. Uh, and so he had to resign, especially when it was discovered that no one inside number 10 were paying any attention at all to COVID restrictions and so on. So we wound up eventually with a female prime minister, the second ever in history for, oh, third, sorry, for two weeks. Uh, and then eventually Rishi Sunak became our, unele- our you know, our new unelected uh, prime minister. Parties should be elected on their policies. They should have good policies. And what we're hearing about at the moment is a policy to uh, ignore the European Court of Human Rights uh, uh, or the Supreme Court, um, set up a further agreement with Rwanda, who were already paying 120 million a year so that the flights of these illegal immigrants can, can start. I say illegal immigrants, I'm supposed to say asylum seekers but most of them aren't can, really seeking asylum. You can say that on the garbage mainstream media channels. You can say whatever you want here. Well, what they're paying Rwanda to do is set up the asylum application process so that people can be processed in Rwanda rather than in the United Kingdom. But what would this be nicer? Even, this, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interject. This is not even because all these all these Western countries, we're all dealing with the same thing. They're, they're flooding us six ways to Sunday in each one of these countries. Asylum doesn't work like this. Even if you're going to talk about asylum, asylum doesn't work like that. Asylum is you go to an embassy or your first country of entrance into wherever you're fleeing from. And you tell them why you're fleeing and you're requesting asylum. That's it. It's not, I'm going to get to France and then I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to go to the UK. I'm going to request asylum. No, no. It's the first country you set foot in and or the embassy that you drop your feet in in said country that you're supposed to be fleeing from. That's how asylum works. Oh, I I absolutely agree with you. That's how it should work. But France, I'm pretty sure, let's blame the French again, despite being paid millions by the UK government to help with the problem, are still turning a blind eye and letting the little boats and the people traffickers uh, muster on the French beaches. And, you know, it's pretty amazing, actually, because Napoleon wanted to do it. He wanted to um, cross the channel and invade the UK. I'm surrounded in in the area where I live by, they call them Palmerston's Follies, but Palmerston, who was the prime minister at the time, built really good uh, forts and defences ready for that event, ready to repel Napoleon. And then Hitler, Operation Sea Lion, I think it was called, which was um, the planned invasion of the UK, was um, also put off by our ability to defend the channel and all of a sudden we seem completely unable to we're like a sieve our defensive system of stopping people getting across that quite busy tiny stretch of water 21 miles at its nearest point from dover to calais and we we just don't seem to be able to to stop anyone getting across uh, and the French must be complicit in in helping that happen. If they were patrolling their beaches properly, this wouldn't be happening. I actually did see uh, an article out of the Daily Fail today, something about a, a boat that was capsizing. It was literally being escorted across the channel by French forces. Yeah, 
Yeah, don't talk to me about capsizing boats. I told you what happened the other weekend, didn't I? I yeah, I did hear that. Uh, and well, it didn't capsize. It, it did not capsize. Caps, it did not tip over and, and capsize. <laughs> I'm sorry that I still get that from the good congressman about Guam. You know, just it's still. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if we get all the Marines to run to one side, it'll capsize. A tip over and, and capsize. You know, over yeah. population. Well, um, geography and geology is ne- you know not a strong strong suit in American schools, is it? No, it isn't. Uh, but speaking of that, by the way, did you see this? Uh, uh, did you see what's going on in Iceland with that volcano that that erupted? How the yeah the, they've the got some just big, all the way through that town. Yeah, they've got some big bulldozers at the moment creating a barrier ready for the eruption because once that lava starts flowing, it will need something to stop it. You know, I really hope for their sakes that it can be stopped and then they're not going to have to abandon that particular settlement. But they've in the last few days they have had literally hundreds of measurable earthquakes uh, and so yeah there's there's a lot of effort going into protecting um the the built-up area you know they always say about iceland everyone lives on the edge uh, you know like living on the edge the song and you know taking things riskily but they literally all do live on the edge of Iceland because the interior is virtually inhabitable. Right. On over to uh, Mr. Tony Blair. I could not believe this when I saw it. I thought maybe it was just one of those uh, satire headlines or something. And then I, I saw that there were other outlets that were picking it up slowly throughout the afternoon. And I remember you and I were talking uh, just on the side that afternoon discussing our plans. The Times of Israel put this out. Uh, Israel is looking to install <laughs> install former British Prime Minister Tony Blair as a humanitarian coordinator for the Gaza Strip, according to a report that was out on Sunday, uh, out of a desire to improve the humanitarian situation inside the Palestinian enclave and reduce international pressure. Um I told you during prep, I've just been watching Al Jazeera and I'm amazed at just how many medical facilities there are inside Gaza. Um, And apparently the IDF uh, did the series of what they call one take tours. So the uh, the crews were taken around the hospitals and they were shown weapon caches that were obviously, I say obviously, that were allegedly left there by Hamas. And they were they were saying that we're trying to bring in, the IDF was saying that they're trying to bring in supplies, incubators, and those kind of things. But a great deal of the heavy medical machinery, such as um, X-ray and imaging devices, MRIs, that kind of stuff, has already been irreparably damaged in in some of these larger hospitals so as i say it was al jazeera which i used to watch when i was living in the middle east because it was i thought it was a more honest news station um or at the very least i would get that perspective watch a western station and read between the lines you know getting my my news from different sources but back to the point about tony blair somebody needs to coordinate the aid that is going to go in because if they are realistically not going to commit genocide on either side then people need their health care and there's still bombs and missiles and and bullets and grenades getting thrown about so people will need that aid but why does it have to be tony blair why can't it be someone you could actually trust 
why does it have to be the scummiest, low-life, war criminal piece of crap that they could possibly think of? I'm, I'm at a loss, really, other than it's just a really effective network of WEF money laundering pieces of crap. Well, just to kind of uh, further prove your point there, uh, I do have a, a photo of Mr. Blair. Uh, now, why would you pick someone like him? Is that is that what you asked? Why would you pick somebody like that? Well, yeah, I have, a, I have a, a very good answer for that. Why would you not pick someone that looks like that? Looks like a trustworthy face, doesn't it? Uh, I'm not sure. He looks like the caretaker from Hogwarts in that photograph. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mr. Filch was that his name or so, or something like that? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Fitch or Filch. Um, yeah, that's it, obviously he's getting on a bit now. We're all getting older. I I I do look marginally better than him. I have to say. This picture was taken a while ago. I mean, this is not actually recent. This is this has been uh, from a few years back, I think. But anyway, that's I saw that one and I I thought you know. We well, see when it, when he left politics as such. Do they ever leave politics? But um, he obviously decided to grow his hair very much like I did when I left the Navy. And I decided that I want to have really long hair so that um, I'd, I'd look like the heavy metal fan that I truly am. But I wound up what could only be described as a, a man with a dad fro. It, 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 it was just ridiculous. I, I, I'm glad that I, I now keep my hair shorter. Uh, and Tony Blair does look pretty bloody awful in that photograph. I keep mine a little bit short too. I don't know if you noticed or not, but I, well, that, I keep that's, it. that's obviously because you're so used to uh, fans in the street grabbing at you. You don't want them to get <laughs> hold of a handful of hair. You know, so. I was I was actually telling somebody uh, two days ago. I said. If you realize the amount of attention that we have on us, I said, you would understand why I don't want any more. You know, it's just like, I, I don't, I don't want it. You know how I am. I don't want attention. I, I don't want anything no. like that. And I don't, I don't seek that kind of stuff. I don't need affirmation or, or anything like that. And the amount of attention that we've got on us is more than I'm comfortable with at the moment. And it's getting larger and I'm, yeah. So anything I can do to keep myself off of the radar is what I do. Uh, uh, well, you know, a rainbow-colored unicorn horn Mohican. You could probably still do that. I couldn't. My hair won't grow that long enough anymore. So no, I will not grow my hair like that. But uh, anyway, so uh, there was a vote last night in Parliament on a ceasefire in Gaza. Uh, what, yeah. what do we think about that? I, I do. I do have a clip here from some of the uh, the people that were out in front of Parliament. This was uh, G GB News was out there. This was one of the people that was actually out there in support. See if you can catch this. I did play this. Uh, I believe I played this in prep yesterday, but uh, that, that would be for our subscribers. Uh, but this I, I'll play on the uh, the main today. Hey, uh, thanks for joining me. Why are you here today? Well, I think it's quite clear that um, Israel is enacting terrorism on the people of Palestine in Gaza. It's been more than 30 days of continuous bombing, murdering children, murdering anyone who stands in their way. And so I think it's important to stand for what you believe in and to call for a ceasefire. Of course, this was all started by a terrorist act committed by Hamas on October the 7th. Do you condemn Hamas now? Do you accept that they're a terrorist organization? I condemn Israel using the excuse... Do you condemn Hamas? I condemn Israel... Do you condemn Hamas? You've already condemned Israel. Now, do you condemn Hamas? 
I don't think that needs to be the first question that's been asked. It was the second question. 30 days of Israel using the excuse of the attack. So do you condemn the terrorist act of Israel or not? Of course I condemn the attack. But it took quite a lot to get it out of you. Okay, well, that's the sort of people that we have, uh, some of the views that we have down here. There you go. He nearly said what he actually thought there. This is the type of people we have down here. But that's that's exactly the same. Right. Do I condemn Hamas? Yes, I do. Do I condemn the way in which the Israeli government has done what it's done over the last 30 years? Yes, I do. It's exactly the same kind of crap that the Treaty of Versailles put the Germans under. It grinds people into the ground. It creates terrorists. It creates freedom fighters. One man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. So, yes, the attack on the 7th of December and the way in which there was videos of of beheadings with a shovel. One one beheading I saw was with a shovel. They had to hit this body because by by that time the person was unconscious seven or eight times to get the head off and this stuff is being put onto onto videos and released i saw uh and again it it really upset me saw a woman being dragged kidnapped woman jewish woman probably one of the uh people who went to the uh music festival so she'd been kidnapped she was being dragged from one car into a building the entire seat of her jeans was covered in blood she'd been abused raped so it's it's easy because we we've got this we've got this guy i think his name's mohammed hijab um so <laughs> Uh, okay. That's what, that's that's what he goes by. That's what he goes by. Uh-huh. He's one of the Hyde Park Corner speakers, and he's actually been on telly with. Um, Is this the guy that was on with Pierce Morgan? Morgan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Right. And I I replied to one of his YouTube videos. I'm just waiting for for the knock on the door. But it's he's saying, yeah, what? Why? Why do the Palestinians get such bad press? Why is it all about Hamas? Why is this? Why is that? And the fact of it is, over the last 10, 15 years, you've had Al-Qaeda, the Taliban, Muslim Brotherhood, Hamas, Hezbollah, ISIS. Have I said ISIS? Yeah, ISIS. All of them have committed atrocities against civilians. They haven't gone and attacked a military base They've attacked civilian targets. You've got jihadists in the UK blowing up concerts attended by teenage girls. You've got videos from ISIS of decapitations by knife. Um, You've got all of this uh, horrible, atrocious, war crime, criminal behaviour. Have Israel put videos of executions of Hamas captives onto social media no have they gone about systematically raping no whatever they've done it still doesn't i'm having trouble phrasing this properly everything that israel may or may not have done in terms of its government and its policy within gaza and the occupied territories isn't necessarily forgivable but you can forget about it because you've got all of this horror and terror being put into put in front of your eyes by 
all of those groups that I just listed. So that's why the media is is biased towards Israel, or at least it can be, because, you know, IDF people aren't cutting people's heads off. They're not raping um, Gazans, Palestinians. No, they aren't. Uh, and I, I have to be honest, uh, I, I hear... I hear the rhetoric. I, I don't see it. I mean, I'm I'm looking for all sides of things, right? Because that's what we have to do. We have to remain objective and we have to remain um, uh, nonpartisan in, in all of it. So I look at all sides of it and I, I don't see it. I see the loud voices on the side that's the this like this lady that was being interviewed. I see the loud voices. I hear a lot of noise, but I don't see a lot of proof to back up the claims that they assert. Again, I'm not saying that the there's you know whatever the IDF is doing. I'm not saying they're they're angels and they're justified in everything they do. But if these claims are going to be put forth, then let's see something to back it up with. That's all I'm saying. We in the West have been scared for 50 years maybe uh, about the Muslim world in the Middle East, all coming together and working together in one direction, because that one direction would not do us any favours. We've needed strong allies in the region. Now, because of the way in which certainly former British colonies in the Middle East were given their independence and the, the way in which the leadership of those new countries were aided and abetted by British armed forces and British foreign policy to to take over those countries, we have got some allies. But the the one strong one that keeps um, the whole area not in check as such, but it, it's kind of there like a like a junkyard dog on a chain is Israel. It's it's there as 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 a threat to the rest of the Middle East. That and and it is a destabilizing it has a destabilizing influence because you've got all of this religious rhetoric going on about who's right it is to have that land that what they were giving in 1947 or was it 48 when when uh, 48. The, the, 48 when the when the state of Israel was created 48 yeah you can look in history books uh, and you can you know you can look in five different books and get five different stories uh, about whose land it actually is. But Israel has been artificially kept strong in the Middle East because it is that that threat to the Arabic world. And like I said the other day, I think it's time to let the fight happen. It's time to let the fight happen. Um, but it should by now have nothing to do with the United Kingdom. You know, um, yes, we were largely instrumental in setting up the state of Israel. And I wasn't born when that happened. So why am I having to worry about it now? That's that's what really annoys me. You can go, it's like with these reparations for slavery. You know, just how far back do you go? By now, That's nonsense. That's, that's nonsense yeah, yeah. in and of itself. But... It's 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 kind of the same thing. Why is the British Parliament even having to bother having a vote on whether there should be a ceasefire or not? Because at the end of the day, it's got nothing to do with the British Parliament. It's got everything to do with, finally, Israel has had enough of Hamas. And Hamas is a terrorist organisation. It uses people as a human shield. That's why the hospitals have come under attack. And 
to to all intents and purposes, both sides are committing war crimes. It is a war crime to mix mix your military or your your fighters with uh, medical facilities, and it's also a war crime to attack medical facilities. But if one side has already put its command and control set system inside hospitals, what can the other side do? You always go for the head. You cut the snake's head off uh, and you, you deal with the problem that way. So if the command and control is accessing hospitals via the tunnel system, those hospitals are going to be attacked. And these tunnel networks, this is nothing new. They've had those tunnel networks for, for a long time now, and they run all over the place in there. That's nothing new. And and of course, they use the human shields as you're, as you're uh, talking about. But these tunnel networks, whenever they hit a tunnel network somewhere, that gets blamed as a you know an attack on on innocent civilians as well well what are you supposed to do that's part of their infrastructure to keep these terrorist cells going are those tunnel networks yeah uh, it, because they, they can't move men and munitions on the surface because we that they will be detected you know nowadays it doesn't have to be an aircraft flying over there's drones there's all kinds of, you know, seismic detectors even that tell the Israelis exactly where the tunnels are and when they're in use. It's not even an actual war. I was making this point last week. I mean, we're we're pushing all of this this propaganda out in the mainstream media like this is an actual war. This is not. Uh, when I say an actual war, uh, okay, it might be against uh, Israel and and Hamas or, or Palestine. Okay, fine or Gaza, whatever. That might be the actual war, but. Where are the actual armies? You got the IDF, and they're more of. Correct me if I'm wrong. I look at them as more of a as a security force than an actual military. I mean, I know that they they use their their tactics like you know military do. Okay, fine. But Hamas, that's not an actual military. It's a it's a ragtag group of just gangsters and thugs and and terrorists. Yeah, but they've all had some training. Yes. Yeah. And we know exactly uh, where a lot of that came from. This, by the way, I'm just going to run this behind me. There's no audio. But this was part of the uh, the pro-Palestine protest in London uh, just the other day. And there's some, I, don't, I can't quite put my finger on it. There's something here that stands out. I, I can't quite put my finger on what that is. Maybe you can tell. Uh, I, I don't know. Well, I think it's probably those great big red Communist Party flags. <laughs> is that it? Um, okay. Yeah. Do you know what? Muslims are not communists. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not communists. But they, but they will make deals with them because they have a common enemy. Yeah. I I can't I can't think when a a deal with a communist country has ever gone as planned, as expected. It it's um that see these these people here in the UK, right, with their communist party of the UK flags. They're just a renter mob. They they will protest anything just just so that they can you know get out there, get a bit of fresh air, um, and tell everyone how bad Tories are and decry capitalism. But if you've ever lived in a in a Muslim country, even at the very lowest level, they are excellent capitalists. They run small businesses. They're all about making the money grouping it together in a family or or however to accrue their wealth. And they don't even really uh, hide it. They don't really hide their wealth the way that um, Western people do because Western people have to pay ridiculous taxes. Um, most Arabic countries, their tax system is, is fairly 
light in comparison to the UK or the US. But the one thing that they have to do is pay a thing called Zaka, which is their annual um, charity donation. And there's bureaus set up to um, work out how much Zaka each person should pay. And it's not just what they earned that year, it's their entire wealth. So money they earned decades ago, the value of their houses, the value of their cars, uh, any gold or jewellery they might have, it's all taken into account. Um, and the funny thing is, the, the Zaka funds, what do they do? Do they, do they go to, you know, spending millions or billions to, to make poor people's life better? Well, I suppose they think they do, but the majority of it goes to issue everybody with a copy of the Quran and the uh, Quranic memory schools where they train whoever wants to go to memorize the Quran from cover to cover. That's the kind of thing that they spend their charity money on rather than wells in Africa or food growing projects or those kind of things. That's my experience of it and what I've heard about it. I stand to be corrected, but um, yeah, communists and Muslims don't really mix. Muslims no, are excellent capitalists. I think we could probably do an entire podcast on the link uh, going all the way back to uh, Lenin in the 1920s on how he, he integrated them into uh, the Soviet society. But I'm, I'm not going to get into that right now. Right. Do you have anything else that you want to get to today before I get to your surprise? No, I'm 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 good. I've I've waffled on again. I I I hope it wasn't as disjointed as it feels like it was. Not at all. Um, you know how these things go. They always come out and they're fine. But the my primary thing that I want to want to get across to our listeners, particularly the ones in the UK and for that matter the US, and do you know what? It doesn't matter where you are really. I don't know why I even thought it was particular to the UK. Our politicians should be elected on their policies. I mean, the, the clues in the name, politician policy. Uh, and at the moment, they are deciding, once they've been elected, what their policies are going to be, because they can guarantee almost that they will be elected, because you've got extremely partisan, um, blinkered voters you need to be more open in listening to what your politicians have to say, regardless of their political party. But in the in the main, I would say avoid political parties, listen to some independents and try and get some of them elected on the strength of their policies and intentions, not just because you like the colour of the rosette that they wear, whether it's orange, red, blue, pink or you know whatever green um and we need to be consulted more about what policies we want implementing within our countries uh, and until we get a period of time which they're not allowing us uh, of of calm where we can actually uh, regroup and take stock of what needs to be done until we get you know that that kind of uh breathing space it's very difficult to see anything that is actually working for the betterment of your country. At the moment, we're lurching from crisis to crisis. How about we stop that? And the way we can stop that is stop sticking our nose into other people's business. 
you know, um, isolationism, call it what you want, a period of, of just leaving each other alone so that each country can sort its shit into one sock. And this is the point where we have to agree to disagree because, I'm sorry, my friend, we do have the intercontinental ballistic missile and that changes things. Yeah, Oppenheimer should have been shot at birth, shouldn't he? It wouldn't have stopped it. It just would have been developed by other means. It, it, well, so. with, I mean, are you telling me that Time Lords don't exist? That documentary, Doctor Who, are you telling me that you know a Time Lord couldn't go back in history and find everyone capable of contemplating a weapon that powerful and just made sure that the mum never met the dad. Well, I we still have it, don't we? So it's, obviously yeah. that hasn't happened, so it doesn't matter. Um, anyway, yeah. I thought I would bring this on right here at the end as your, you know, for your surprise. Uh, Greta is back in the news. You know, she was arrested in, in England and I... I didn't hear anything about that. It was just one of those. She was thrown into the back of a uh, of a police van, and that was it. I mean, she just. I, I don't think she had a court date or anything. That's funny because she gets arrested in all these countries, and I don't ever see her go to court. Do you? I never see a court case well, for any uh, of that. No, I, I imagine they they settle no. out of court, and it's done as a caution. Yeah, 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 for for sure. Uh, but here she is uh, up on a stage, and she she gets she gets um, interrupted by um, well, you see one of these hecklers that he doesn't oh, want. Oh yes. He doesn't want a yeah. political speech. He wants some action. He doesn't want a political speech when she talks. We have not been listening. The people in power have not been listening. I have come here for a climate demonstration, not a political view. That was my. That was completely staged. Completely staged. Yes. Yes. Where, it was. where are the heavies? Did you see what just dealt with a fairly fit-looking man of mature years? It was about forty-five, maybe fifty. Um, and who managed to drag him off the stage? Some them theys with headscarves and Ukrainian flags painted on their cheeks. I also saw her interviewed in the street by someone uh, who just walked alongside her entourage because it was in Davos and she can't say no. diddly without no. a script. No, and, no. you know, he said, but did you come here by private jet? She said, yes. Um, she said, don't you think that's bad? And she said, I've taken hundreds of private jets. She, if she's not got a script, if she's not rehearsed, she falls to pieces. She is being used. Um, I wish they would leave her alone, actually, because that's a young person who is being used by a extremely corrupt and evil system because all of her message is about us feeling guilty about wanting to have a warm place to live in, um, the ability to travel to and from work, a bit of leisure time, eating the food we like, all of those things we're supposed to feel guilty about based on some made-up bollocks by corrupt scientists because they get paid to find out what their benefactors want them to find out. You, you had this discussion 
kind of with in fact we were all there at the same time but i had to leave uh, and i think it was part of the continuation of the round table science should be seeking answers and not stovepiped in certain directions which if you take any um piece of data you can manipulate it to say for it to say what you want it to say in in this case about global warming we're actually in a global cooling period at the moment and the weather patterns haven't stabilized again um i remember when i was a kid every other year we'd have a white christmas and then we went through about 30 years where we never have a white christmas it's always too mild in the uk to to get any snow on the ground but in the past we've had mini ice ages we've had long hot summers you can manipulate the data to say what you like particularly when it comes to climate and i just wish that they would leave greta alone let her go and be a teenager and um get her off our tellies that's over she's uh i think she's pushing 20 now isn't she well let let her go and have a, a a late teenage I mean, I didn't grow up until... No, I haven't grown up. What am I talking about? No, you're still... (laughs) I refuse to grow up. If you get past 50 and you haven't grown up, you don't have to. But yeah... That was staged. I saw that video, uh, and now I've seen it from a different angle. Yeah, but I saw it from the opposite um, shot. So from the guy's back, but now I've seen what happened, who he was, how they got rid of him. If he'd have really wanted to dig his heels in, he could have stayed on stage and, and said something. But no, there was there was no proper security, which I'm sure she has. Um, you know, some big heavies who could have easily just lifted him up and thrown him off the stage. No, he was ushered away by a bunch of them days. All right, my friend, I think that's going to do it for us for today, yes? Yep, I'm, I'm all done. I'm all talked out. All right, well, we will see you next week. It's been an absolute pleasure. That'll do it for us for today and for this week. I'd like to thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone. Have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday. Monday.